for the past couple of weeks, I've been tracking down and preparing a singular tshuva, a tshuva dealing with the sinking of the Titanic. As I was preparing the tshuva tonight, I realized that there is an earlier tshuva we should do first, a tshuva dealing with a different shipwreck known as the German Titanic. It was, both tshuvas are too interesting and too good to pass up, so this week we will do we will do the first tshuva dealing with a 19th century maritime disaster, and next week, next week in Yerzah Hashem, we will do the tshuva on the Titanic. The tshuva we're doing tonight, both these tshuvas are about agunas, the classic question that comes to mind, classic halachic question which comes to mind when you hear about a shipwreck, is questions of aguna, if there are men who were presumed to be traveling on the ship, who were disappeared, were never heard from again, does halacha allow you to presume them dead and to allow their wives, their widows, to remarry? There were, there were certainly Jews on the Titanic. There were Jews on many ships. And bo- both, both these tshuvas, these various tshuvas we're going to discuss tonight and next week, both deal with agunos, the wives of women whose husbands disappeared and presumably died in the shipwrecks, in the, in the disasters, although the bodies were never found. The... As we said, the tshuva we'll discuss next week was about one of the Jewish passengers on the Titanic. The tshuva we're going to do this week is a, is a tshuva about a German ship, a ship called the SS Cimbria. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. C-I-M-B-R-I-A, the SS Cimbria. The tshuva that we're doing tonight was written by Ritzel Hanan Spector. Ritzel Hanan was one of the greatest authorities in halacha in his time or any time, he was also particularly famous for his rulings on Agunas. The, my father showed me, many, many years ago, my father showed me a passage of Rav Shlomo Yosef Zevin. Rav Zevin has intellectual biographies of a number of great Rabbanim from the previous century, from the 19th, from the 19th century, and so on. So in his biography of Rav Yitzchel he talks about what a... Yerzal Khanan was, was a great communal leader, and he was also and he was also a great posik. In his communal leadership, Rav Zevin says he was very empathetic. He was he, he cared he cared very much about the people, his flock, and he tried very hard to uh, do any, everything he could for them. And he says in his halacha, he says you're, he's not sure if you're allowed to say that a person's uh, empathy and generosity of spirit can affect the halacha, he says, but he says as follows, he, an incredible passage, he says, I don't know if you're allowed to say that uh, a person's halacha is, uh, can be described as a bechina of tzedakah, he says, but here are the facts, he says, in most of his tshuvos, he arrives at lenient conclusions, yes, he has arguments and halachic discourse, he says, but the maskana is generally that he's lenient, and he says, the, the, in particular, he quotes some of the, he quotes some, he, he, he talks about his tshuva son Aguna. He says, in his Sefer Ein Yitzchak, we'll be doing tonight a tshuva from Ein Yitzchak, Helik Beis, but he says in Ein Yitzchak, in volume one, he has more than 70 tshuva son Agunas, uh, mostly women, some men, all kinds of Aguna questions, he says. Every single one, except for one, he is, he's lenient. In one tshuva, he, he, he says it's Aser, one out of 70. And, of course, he wasn't getting the easy questions. Easy questions could have, could have been solved without, uh, without needing him. He was getting the difficult questions. 
And he was almost always Mekel. Rav Zevin says that Mukubalam tell us that Beishamai, in the time of the Mishnah, who were generally Machmer, their Shoresh HaNeshama, the root of their soul, was from the attribute of Din, and Beishilel, the root of their soul, was from the attribute of Chesed. It looks like, he says, Ritzvah Hanan's soul came, was quarried from the Midas HaChesed, a provocative claim about a halachist, and this, this is something that echoes down to our time as well, is there room for a kindler, gentler halacha? But the fact is, Rav Zevin says, Ritzel Khanan was famous as a mekil, he was particularly renowned as an aguna specialist, and he was generally almost always mekil. In the tshuva we're going to do tonight, from Ein Yitzchak Helik Beis, so not in this uh, sample, Rav Zevin continues, this is the very first tshuva in Ein Yitzchak Helik Beis. It is an aguna question, and I won't keep you in suspense, he does end up arriving at a lenient conclusion. His tshuva is about, as I mentioned earlier, the disaster of the SS Cimbria, which apparently was, that until the Titanic, uh, it was regarded, according to one article, as the largest civilian maritime disaster of all time. To this day, the catastrophe remains the biggest civilian maritime drama in German waters. The Cimbria was a steamship, it sank not far from Hamburg, near an island called Borkum. I don't know what Borkum is. You can look it up on a map, I guess. But Rav Yitzhak Hanan describes it as being about a day's journey from Hamburg. So he says that the, the, the events in question occurred on January 19th, 1883. Yitzhak Hanan says they, the date he gives, it says it, it, the, 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 this event happened in the year Tufresh Mem Gimel, Chodesh Teves, which is indeed the year 1883. So the, what happened was there, there was, a, it was, a cold, it was a cold and foggy night. There was another ship. There was a, another ship nearby, a collier, a collier called the Sultan. The ships didn't see each other. They, they, they saw each other too late. They crashed into each other. When they saw each other, they panicked or they made the wrong, they made the wrong decision. They turned toward each other. They smashed into each other. The Cimbria had a big gash torn into its, uh, into its hull. It, uh, quickly sank. They managed to lower a few lifeboats, just like on the Titanic. The, the, ships, the ship sank quite quickly. It was smaller than the Titanic, but there were about 30, 40 people, as Ritzel Khanan puts it, some on the order of 30 to 50 people who were, who were saved. Most of them on lifeboats. Some clung to the masts, which stuck out of the water. Apparently it wasn't that, apparently it wasn't that deep, I guess. Everyone else on board, more than 430 passengers and crew members, perished. And other figures are given that 389 people were, were lost, 133 people were saved. It was a terrible disaster, one of the worst civilian disasters in maritime history. Hundreds and hundreds of people died, and only a few dozen were saved. There were Jews on the ship. There were some Jews, mostly non-Jews, but there were some Jews on the ship. And so Rav Yitzhakhan Spector was asked about Agunas, women who had been married to men who disappeared on the ship, bodies weren't recovered, what to do were they permitted to remarry. So Aritz Khan tells the story as follows. The tshuva was written in, the question came to him, he wrote an answer, in Kislev Tufresh Nun Aleph. That is around, that is around 1891 or 1890. This, this, is some, this was some seven, eight, this is some seven years after the disaster. It's unclear why nothing was done for seven years. But he tells the case, he tells the story as follows. Nishalti me America. He, he was the Rav in Kovna in Lithuania, but he says he was, the, he was asked a question from America. There are a number of women who are agunos, 
who are who are following halacha. He calls them righteous they, that they that they put their lives on hold for years until their situation can be resolved. They're asking, is it mutter for us to remarry? Because of their righteousness, their fealty to halacha, they are not not marrying. And again, Siba, for some reason, it's not clear why, they waited seven years, seven years passed before the question was brought to Israel Hanan. The story was, the ship foundered in the, de- in the depths of the sea. Their husbands, not far from the city of Hamburg, the German city of Hamburg. Most people on the ship were non-Jews. We'll see why that's relevant later. There were also some Jews. Misper Kamameos, the total number of people on the ship was several hundred, on the order we said about 500 or so. Nitzolumhem Ezan Nashim, only a few were saved. But Misper Katan Shal Shloshmar Abama Nikarim Lanu, we only know of 30 or 40 who were saved. And of those who were lost, the hundreds who were lost, there were some Jews and there were some women who remained Agunas. Imutara so Asuros Linasi. Shame Haniya Haisa Ditzembra. When I saw this shuva, I spent a while scratching my head. Wikipedia has all kinds of lists. You can look for shipwrecks by year, shipwrecks by nationality, shipwrecks by ocean. I looked high and low for a ship that was named December. Daladyud Sadi Ayan Mem Bays Ayan Reish Ayan. I was sure the ship's name was the December. I looked all over for December. I couldn't find a single ship named December. I saw plenty of shipwrecks that occurred in December, but every reference on every Wikipedia page of shipwrecks that, that I could find. Every single one was, uh, was the month of December. I could not find anything about a ship named December. Finally, I was searching frenetically for every ship that sounds like December, the chamber, this and that, and finally I saw the Cimbria. I was looking for a ship also, which was apparently a, an epic disaster of hundreds of people who were dead, and eventually it dawned on me that the reference was to the Cimbria. Decembera, the Cimbria. Everything he says about it is correct. All, all the details he gives are pretty much uh, on the nose. 1883, near Hamburg, hundreds of people dead, several dozen survived. Zman Hamaisahaya Bishnas Tafresh Mem Gimel. This occurred, as we said, in the year 5643, which is which is uh, which is 1883. Ubachodish Tevis. February, I think it was. Mu'ushar Makuyim al Pigvias Aidus. The local Bateidin, other Rabbanim had collected testimony Kidintara that we establish the following fact. This is how Aguna Chuvas typically begin. They first, they first record what facts are established, what testimony was received. Before you can start, Aguna Chuvas are, always, are famous for their, the, the detail, the vividness of their description of what happened. It certainly makes for interesting reading, but also it's crucial to resolving an Aguna Shaila to know exactly what happened. So they always, they always contain, they usually contain very careful, very precise, precisely detailed records and testimony of what exactly happened. So the, the recorded testimony here was, It was, it was incontrovertibly established that the husbands of these women in question were on this ill-fated ship. Those who were saved were the numbers we gave earlier, 30 or 40. And we'll see again why these numbers are so important later. He describes, again, accurately their rescue. They were saved from the big ship by the Aniya HaKitana, by the small ship, what we call the lifeboat. That we know, again, based on the testimony, there were not many survivors. Only, we, we only know of 30 or 40 survivors. 
No one else was rescued. We, they, only, they only picked up these 30, 40 people. It foundered only about a day away from Hamburg. And it descended into the depths. With most of the people on board, several hundred people. This collision occurred in the middle of the night. Most people were asleep in their beds. We'll see why that's relevant also as we go. Kodim or Haboker. Achar Hamaisa. Here he has some details which I did not see recorded in the contemporary accounts. Achar Hamaisa, after this tragedy. Nishlchu Bari Amoroi. Divers were sent down. Hamalumadim Lashud Batochayam. Divers who know how to swim into the sea, meaning into the depths of the sea. They descended, again, I don't know how deep the wreck was, but the, the divers descended into the ship on the bottom, where it lay on the bottom, apparently. They found the, the bodies, they found them, they, they were all together in one large mass. That nobody could have, uh, could have escaped, it was all, the ship hadn't broken apart, apparently, everything was, was locked in and hemmed in. People who were in the ship when it went down couldn't have gotten out. And people died in the cabins or in, uh, or in the central spaces in the ship. They died uh, securely. Into the, they, were, they were trapped inside the ship. I'm not sure what that means. I mean, there are always doors and hatches. I'm not sure how he knows that they couldn't have escaped. But he says people who were in that part of the ship, he takes, for, he takes as given, could not have escaped the ship, were stuck there. The only way, he says, again, the, the facts as, as given to us are, the only suffix, the only question how anybody could have survived this wreck were Shemahayu al Gabiasvina. Maybe they were on the deck, they were on top of the ship, not in the depths, the bowels of the ship. The Yardabatsim El Tochayam, and they could have gotten into the water, they could have dived in or fallen in. Shane Lemsof. So anyone who was inside the, the lower spaces of the ship could not have gotten out. Anyone who was on the deck of the ship might have gotten into the water and might have survived. We have a kind of dual suffix, a sex the, the husband's in question, we don't know what happened to them. The bodies apparently weren't recovered, weren't recognizable. So, the, so we have sfekas now, the missing men, the, the Jewish missing men, maybe they, were, maybe they had been inside the ship and were trapped and couldn't get out. And even if they were al Gabiasfina, even if they were on the deck, if they, 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 were, they were able to get out of, to escape the wreck and get into the water and swim for safety. They ended up in the Atlantic somewhere. This is the, this is the famous din of Mayim Shein Lemsof. Literally infinite waters, waters with no end. Before we proceed in the tshuva, let's briefly review the Gemara in question. This is, the, this is the critical passage in discussions of shipwrecks, of, of Aguna, is a Gemara in Yivamas, the end of Yivamas. The Gemara says, the halacha is, if a person falls into water and is not seen again, it depends whether the water is mayim she'en lehemsof or mayim she'esh lehemsof. Water with end or water without end. What's the difference? The Gemara explains. Obviously, we don't mean literally infinite water. The, the Gemara defines mayim she'en lehemsof means... That the, that the definition of Mayim She'en Lehemsof is, Hechidami Mayim She'esh Lehemsof, what's called Yesh Lehemsof, Kol Sha'omed Varoa Me'arba Ruchosa. A person standing on the shore can see where the water ends. It's a small lake, he can see the end of the water on all sides. In such a case, if a person falls into the water, and the person stands there and, and sees nobody came out for uh, 
substantial period of time, he must be dead because he can't survive indefinitely under the water. And he sees he didn't come out because he was watching the, he was watching the, the borders of the water. If, however, it's Mayim She'en himself, the water extends beyond, the, beyond your vision, beyond, this, beyond the, the range which you can see, then maybe he swam under the water and came out outside your field of vision and survived. And therefore, you can't presume that he's dead. That is the great Chumrah of Mayim She'en himself. In a nutshell, when a person falls into water and you don't see what happened to him, unless you can guarantee he didn't come out because you saw the, the extent of the water and you saw that nobody emerged from the water, in, in the case of an ocean or a large lake, that's called Mayim Shein Lem Sof, and the concern is that maybe the person swam under the water and emerged beyond where, you, beyond where you can see him from where you stand, and therefore you can't be absolutely sure that he is dead. That's the great Chumrah of Mayim Shein Lem Sof. Cesar Vitzelchan, and this is actually still his correspondent speaking, so he says, we have, we have two Sveikas here. The first suffix is, maybe the person in question, the husband in question, the husband's in question, were trapped in the ship, didn't make it out, and therefore were certainly dead. The only possibility of survival is that if he was on the deck and could have made it into the water and escaped and swam, that, he says, that, that's Mayim Shein Lemsof. Even if that happened, that's still considered Mayim Shein Lemsof. That's only a Dindra Banan. The Chumrah of Mayim Shein Lemsof is a Rabbinic Chumrah. It's a serious rabbinic chumrah, but it's a rabbinic chumrah. And therefore, he says, we now we have a kind of dual suffix, a double suffix. We have a suffix of mayim she'en lemsof. Maybe they were in the cabins, maybe they weren't. Even if they weren't, at worst, it's only mayim she'en lemsof. He's still probably dead. It's just a chumrah of chazal to be choshesh. Maybe he swam and made it out alive. The Gemara has some incredible stories about different tanoim, who disappeared, who, who were caught in shipwrecks, and other, other, other rabbis saw them and wrote them off as dead. Then they appeared alive on, on, on the shore. They were so happy to see their, their colleagues. They were so happy to see them alive. But then, so the Gemara says, when they saw them, they, said, they asked them, how did you make it? Yeah, how did, they, they were so happy, but they said, how did you survive? So one story, it says, Daf Shalsfina, I found a bit of flotsam, a bit of a board or something from the, from the ship. And I grabbed it, and I held on to it, and, and the waves carried me into to the, to safety. And, uh, and they said, We see how great the Chachamim were, that they, that they considered this possibility and weren't willing to be mekil on a case of Mayim Shein Lemsof. Another story about Rabbi, about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says he, uh, he saw Rabbi Meir. The first story, they saw Rabbi Akiva, who was saved miraculously like this. The second story, it was Rabbi Akiva, who saw Rabbi Meir saved like this. And he said, how did you get out? He said, the waves, the waves carried me. I was thrown from wave to wave until I ended up on the shore. So Rekiva said again, he said, we see how great the Chachamim were, that they considered the possibility that someone who falls into Mayim Shein Lem Sof still nevertheless made it out alive. But Mayim Shein Lem Sof, for all the fact that the Chachamim were machmer, it's only a rabbinic institution. It's a Dindra Banan. Therefore, the post can say, Suffolk Mayim Shein Lem Sof is mutter, if you can add an additional suffix, there's grounds for leniency. Therefore, the Rizal Khan's correspondent wanted to say, over here we have an additional suffix, maybe they were caught and trapped in the, in the cabins, never made it out to the ship in the first place, and therefore we have an additional grounds for leniency. That was the, the argument of the, the rabbi who wrote this question to Rizal Khan. As we'll see, Rizal Khan himself actually endorses a version of this argument. That's going to be one of the three grounds for leniency that he has in this case. Rizal Khan initially says that he wasn't really feeling well. He wasn't up to, he wasn't up to dealing with this question. He says, I'm really very feeble right now. He says, however, the, the great importance of Aguna, 
Hanagela This is not just one; it's relevant to many agunas. As we're going to see, he, he was matter them in general and mass with three general heterim. Therefore, Reisi Lava Bechtsara. I'm going to try to deal with this question in brief. He says, "I'll do, try to do something, and Hashem should help me resolve this question." He says he's going to be brief. He is actually somewhat brief. It's not a very long tshuva. It is about three three full pages, but it's not a it's not a dozen pages. Nevertheless, this is a major tshuva with important chedushim. Besides being of immense practical importance for these particular agunas, it also is a tshuva full of interesting analyses, interesting analysis both in the context of shipwrecks and beyond in the general question of aguna. Tshuva, he begins as follows. So he says that, uh, basically he says he's going to have three, he explains he's going to have three, three heterim, three, he comes up with three different grounds for heter, and he's going to go through them one by one. Tshuva, his first, uh, his first attack, his first attack is going to follow along the lines of the, of the shoel, of the, the questioner. So he says, again, Aguna Tshuvas are very complicated, and they're, we'll, we'll try to simplify some of the intricacies, It'll still be somewhat complicated, but we'll try at least to, to convey some of, the, some of the concepts that he, is, uh, that, that, that he is arguing for. So he refers you to several points in the shuva. He refers to ideas that he developed in other, other of his writings, other of his shuvas. He begins by citing an idea he has in his Sefer Be'er Yitzchak. That's another one of his shuvas for him. As, as the Shoal said, if there are two sekas, and each one of them has a rove, or, or if we have, or more precisely, if we have two roves, two different roves that argue that the person's dead, we have two separate arguments based on rove, based on a greater than even likelihood that the person is dead. If we have two independent, two distinct roves, then there is basis for leniency. I've established this in my other sefer. So we have this idea of tre rove. Now, in a, apply this to our case. He says, He says, in our case, it's not a shell of a derais at all. Because in our case, worst case scenario is that it is Mayim Shein Lemsof. He gets into a discussion about that, but basically, we'll, we'll, we'll simplify here. We'll just say, our case is Mayim Shein Lemsof. The ship sank on the high seas. Anyone who, felt, anyone who was there, best case scenario, he escaped the, the doomed ship. He got into the water. It's still Mayim Shein Lemsof. The idea that someone who fell into the water, again, we're not talking about the people in the lifeboats, people who didn't make it into the lifeboats we're talking about here, people who were in the water. So someone who falls into water, even though he could have swam away, we, 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 we didn't have anyone watching to see who got away or not. Everyone was trying to save his own life. Nobody, was, uh, no, no, nobody gave us a clear report of who managed to swim away and who didn't. But it's Mayim Shainel himself, the chant, the idea that somebody could have gotten out of an ocean alive Without, uh, without being found on the lifeboats, is a remote possibility. It happens, the Gemara says, it happened to Rabbi Meir, it happened to Rabbi Akiva, it happens occasionally, but it is a very remote possibility. Midaraisi, you don't have to be choshesh for it. Midrabanan, that's the great Chumrah, Midrabanan, the Chum said you have to be choshesh for it. But because it's only Midrabanan, this is one of the most fundamental axioms in all of Aguna, because it's only Drabanan, we can be much more lenient. This is a principle that we're familiar with from Halacha in general, that we are much stricter about issues of Daraisa than issues of Drabanan. We have the general rule, for example, Suffolk Daraisa Lechumra, Suffolk Drabanan Lekula. We're generally much more lenient on Isurim Drabanan. In Aguna as well, 
fundamentally, we are much more lenient when we're dealing with a Dindra Abana than a Dindra Raisa. That's why many, many Tshuvas and Aguna are, are written in two phases. The first phase is to establish that Medaraisa, she's Muteris, Mayim Shein himself, for some other reason, that he's probably dead, probably to the extent that Medaraisa, we would be Mekel. We're left with the Drabanan, the Chum had various Chumras in Aguna. The Chum said, maybe he survived. Once he establishes only Medrabana in the first half of the Tshuva, then the second half of the Tshuva comes up with all kinds of Svaris, why if it's only Drabana, we can be more lenient. Very often we, would, we wouldn't rely on these Svaris if it would be an issue of a Daraisa, but for a Drabana, we can be more lenient. That's what Rizal Khanan does here. First he says, it's clearly Mayim Shein himself. It's clearly at best a question of, a, at worst, a question of a Drabanan. Once it's Drabanan, there's grounds for leniency, such as the idea of Trey Ruby, which we're about to discuss. So how, did, how does this work out? How do we get Trey Ruby? So he says, in our case, the, the ship sank. It sank a day it sank a day away from Hamburg. Therefore, what? So he says, certainly, he says, he, he says, the, the, he says the swimming, swimming from wherever you are, from a day's journey, a day's journey by ship, I suppose, a day's journey out of Hamburg, that's miles and miles away, it is, uh, again, very unlikely, without one of these extremely wild cases, that somebody could have actually survived by having the, again, by having the, finding a raft and hanging on to it, you have cases like this. It was just a case of somebody in the Far East, I think. Somebody survived, but a day swept out by typhoon out to sea, swam for hours and hours, landed on an island, kept swimming. It happens, and there are such cases. But, it, but that already is Bebechinas Mayim Shainle himself, where the idea that, that, he, that he was shipwrecked, uh, he was shipwrecked a day's journey from Hamburg and made it to shore alive is very, very remote. It, it, that, that, that sounds like Mayim Shainle himself. So it's not a derisa. It's just a Chumr Drabanan of Mayim Shainle himself. And then we apply our rule. We have a rule that when there's two, when there's tray ruby, certainly when it's only an issue of a drabanan, we can be lenient. How do we have tray ruby here? He says. So he explains as follows: Most people who fall into mayim shein lemsof are uh, are probably going to die. The idea that they could have a nace like a remeir of akiva, they could find a little bit of wreckage and survive for for hours and hours and days. That's very remote to begin with. Second, he says that it's clear that most people on the ship, he says, died. In this case, he says, we know there were hundreds and hundreds of people on the ship, and we know they're almost all dead. That uh, even though you know, there's any given person, that there is a remote possibility he survived, it's not credible that hundreds and hundreds of people survived. We didn't count, I don't think the divers counted how many, how many dead bodies they found on the bottom of the ship, but we know there were, let's say, 500 people on the ship. We know we rescued 30 or 40 on the lifeboats and the masts and the rest of them were never heard from again, it's pretty clear that most of them are dead. Any given person, maybe a, a nace happened to him, maybe he survived. But most of these people are clearly dead. Therefore, he says, in addition to the Mayim Shein Lam Sof we have a second row. Most people on the ship clearly died. That, that's, that's, without a doubt, that's true. Most people, we all understand that most people on the ship are dead. Any given person, we have to consider the possibility that maybe he survived. But most people clearly died. Particularly, he says, since the divers went down and they found uh, and they found people, they, they 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 found all the bodies in the in the belly of the ship. They found tons of people there. He says uh, that uh, so clearly most of them died. Most of them were trapped in the ship. Most of them died. Therefore, he says, when we discuss any one of these Aguna cases, any one husband, any one missing husband, so he says when we so, so we so we have to discuss. He says, was he one of the ones who survived or who's dead? 
probably one of the even if some of them did escape, even if we assume that there were two people or three people who had this great nace of finding a bit of flotsam and making it to shore, most of them are clearly dead. So he says, any given husband is a rove that says he's probably from the dead. So we have two roves. We have two separate ways of rove, he says. We have, we have, first of all, in this particular case, we know most people are dead. Second, in general, there's a rove. Anyone who falls into the water, there's an independent rove. Anyone who falls into water is probably going to die. And therefore, he says, that's considered tray ruby, two different angles of rove, two different ways of looking at it, that we have two different types of roves we can apply. And therefore, once it's only Drabanan, because at worst it's Mayim Shein Lemsof, and we have Trey Roves, the Rove that most people die in Mayim Shein Lemsof, that most people in their ship are clearly dead, that's Trey Ruby, and it is Mutter in a, it's Mutter in a, in a, in a Din Drabanan. Now he says that this makes sense, he says, in our case, where most of the people are non-Jews, and a few are Jews. Because then we can say that, that most people are dead, a few people lived, probably it was not the Jews who lived, there were only a few Jews and mostly non-Jews, so if at most we say a couple, a small handful of people may have miraculously survived, they probably weren't the Jews. What if everyone on the ship was Jews? What if it was a ship full of Jews? Then, uh, then again, some Jews died, but some Jews may have lived. Then how do you know which are which? You can't just pick any one Jew to say he's the one who's dead, maybe, maybe, maybe he's the one who lived, and the other one is the one who's dead. That's a rule in halacha that, that we don't know, that when, 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 when a shaila covers two things, they can't both be mutter. We don't allow you to be mekel on either of them, we, because if we allow you to be mekel on both of them, we would have a mutually inconsistent state of affairs. So when a shaila comes up and the choice is either to be mekel on two things inconsistently or be machmer on two things, we have to be machmer. So here too, he says, if they would all be Jews, it would be more serious, it would be more stringent, because, because, they, because we can't be mekel on all of them, because... Some of them might have escaped. He says, no, but we don't know anybody escaped here. The truth is here, we don't know that anybody escaped. It could be they're all dead. It could be, it could be nobody survived. It, it's possible, Chazal said, we have to be choshesh, that Mayim Shein himself, maybe some of them miraculously, miraculously escaped. That's not certain, he says. So since there is a rove that most people on the ship clearly died, and there's also a rove that most people who fall into the water are probably dead also because of that, therefore, he says, this is considered Trey Ruby. We can assume that any given husband that we have a shaila about, we can say, first of all, even if he fell into the water, he's probably dead, because most people who fall into water without a lifeboat are dead. Second, he says, we have another row that most people on this ship are clearly dead, because hundreds of people were on the ship, and only 30, 40 of them have turned up. So because we have two separate ways, of, two separate rows, two separate perspectives, each one is a row that he's probably dead, therefore, this is his first svara. This is, he feels, this is a solid hetzer, he says, this is a solid, reliable heter that everyone is mutter because there are two roves telling you, again, anyone who can be verified to have been on this ship, we can be mekel because there are two roves that he is probably dead. He calls this a heter beharvacha. Very often, Aguna Chuvas have snifim, they have additional svaras, they have secondary arguments that wouldn't really hold water on themselves, but we throw them in once we have a primary heter. This first argument, he's tell, he seems to be telling us, is a solid heter. It's not just something we throw in when we have other heterim also. This, he feels, is a very solid heter, based on this doctrine of Trey Ruby, combined with the fact that it's only Drabanan, because Mayim Shein himself. So this, he feels, is a solid heter. Heter number one, since there are two separate arguments about any given person that he's probably dead, first, the fact that it's hard to survive a shipwreck when you're a day's uh, travel from shore, 
Second, uh, most people on the ship are clearly dead. We only, only, only 30 or 40 of them have, to have turned up alive. So we have two separate arguments based on Rove to conclude that he's probably dead. We have the right to conclude that, particularly because the whole issue is only, is only Drabanan in the first place. Second argument, Odiyesh Laden, a whole different argument. A whole different argument, not based on two roves, a whole separate argument for why we can conclude that people on this ship are dead. There's a Mabit. Mabit was one of the great postkim in the 16th century, contemporary of the Beis Yosef, as we'll see soon, Ramosha of Trani. He has a case about a shipwreck also. He says, if a person falls into Mayim Shainel himself, they throw him overboard, the pirates uh, throw him into the sea. He's washed, he's, he's, washed, he's washed off the ship in a storm. In that case, yes, Mayim Shainel himself, because Al said, maybe he survived, he could have been bounced around by the waves and cast up on shore and so on, maybe he survived. However, the Mabit says, if the person was inside a cabin and the ship was flooded, water flooded through the cabins, then we say that he is can be presumed to be dead without any suffix. We don't say maybe he survived. Labit doesn't explain this, apparently. He doesn't explain why. He says if the person fell into the, the Great Blue Sea, he could have survived. But if he's in his cabin and the, and the, and the water floods through the ship, then he, is, he can be presumed to be dead. Beis disagrees. Beis says, why not? Mayim Shainel himself. It's always possible he survived. What does it matter if there was a flood and water made it and, and there was a hole torn in the ship and water started to flow into the ship? Once Chazal Wachoshesh, maybe he survived. Maybe he found something to hold on to. Maybe he got out. Maybe he got out. Once Wachoshesh, for a minute anyway, Beis Yosef says, what does it matter if he was in his cabin, if he was outside the ship? So Rizal Khanan has a lengthy, intricate attempt to explain the, to explain the, the Svar of Mabit. He says that it's based on Chazakas, that if, that if he was in the cabin, we say there's a Chazaka that he stayed in the cabin. He says here they were all asleep, but we know they were in the cabins at night. The, this accident happened in the middle of the night. So we have a Chazaka that they stayed in the cabins. We know they started out in the cabins. We don't know they ever made it out. He argues that's what the Mabit means as well. It's not the way, the, we'll, see, we'll see next week maybe a different interpretation of the Mabit, but the way Rizal Khanan seems to understand the Mabit, it's not based on any probabilistic argument that there was a greater chance of dying if he was in the cabin when the, when, when the waters hit than if he was thrown overboard. It's not based on any uh, actual physical probabilistic assumption. Rather, it's based on a halachic principle of Chazaka. The Chazaka is that a person stayed where he was. If he was in the cabin, the Chazaka says he stayed in the cabin. He never got out of the cabin. If he's in the water, he's in the water. If he's in the water, that's a dynamic situation. Maybe he swam to shore. I don't know. I guess you can argue maybe the Chazaka is he stayed in the water if he was in the water and he never made it out of the water. But he doesn't, he doesn't entertain that. He doesn't consider that a thing. He says if he's in the cabin, there's a Chazaka that he stayed in the cabin. He says, harishona. He stayed on the Koma Harishon, and so on and so on, he says. And therefore, that is his basic uh, understanding of the Mabit. It's true that Beis Yosef disagrees. But again, once we're dealing with the Drabanan, because Mayim Shein Lemsof, Mabit is a legitimate Shita, he says, that as long as there's a possibility they never made it out of the ship, then Chazal, Chazal may have been Mekel. We don't know Chazal Machmer. The only case we know Chazal Machmer is when he cleared the ship and ended up in the water. Then they said if he's in the water, he's free of the ship. Maybe he, maybe he made it out to shore. If as far as we know, he may have never made it off the ship, he never made it out of the ship, then if he's in the cabin, certainly, I don't know what about the deck of the ship, but if he's in a cabin, then we say Chazaka, that we don't know he ever made it out. That is the Svar of the Mabit, he says, even though the Beis Yosef disagrees, so it's Machlokas. Okay, once again, he says, when we have a Machlokas, we have, uh, this happened in the middle of the night, they were all in their cabins, they were all in bed, so we were Tola, we, we were Somechan, the Chazaka, they never made it out, and they were stuck in the ship, 
And that's like what the Shoal said as well. The Shoal also mentioned this apparently. Even if we have a suffix, it's like a suffix Mayim Shein Lem Sof. If we have a suffix whether they made it out, that's like a suffix whether it's even Mayim Shein Lem Sof or not. And we can go Lakula. So once again, we can if these various Sveikos, the fact that it's only Drabanan, with the Chazaka that he's probably still on the ship, with the fact that even if it's a suffix, it's a suffix and a Drabanan. Therefore we go Lakula. This is our second suffix. That, uh, that, that the, even if they actually fell into the water, that's already a din drabanan of Mayim Shein Lem Sof, only drabanan. Now we have a second suffix, whether they made it out of the ship at all, or they were stuck in the ship. We have a chazaka they were stuck in the ship. So because now we have an additional svara, therefore we can say that the, we, we have two sveikos, and therefore we can say that, the, that once again we have a basis to be makel. This is in general taking a step back, looking at it from the from, from looking at the broad broad perspective here. This is broadly speaking the the classic approach to being Mataragunas. We have the Humerus of the Gemara, Mayim Shenlam Sof, and so on. As long as we can find some substantial difference why our case in some way is better than the case of the Gemara, an additional suffix, an additional rove, an additional chazak, an additional consideration, we can say, yeah, the Gemara, the Gemara said what it said. In that case, our case is different, our case is better, our case is better in some substantial way, therefore we already have grounds to be makel. In the case of the Titanic, we'll get to this next week, one svara that I don't think either of these chuvas discuss, but which I think other chuvas discuss, is the fact that the water was very cold. In the case of the Titanic, people who fell into the water generally died because of the cold. They had life jackets, they, they, they didn't have enough lifeboats, they had enough life jackets. They, 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 had the water been temperate, they could have easily survived till the next day. There, there was no problem with that. The problem was the water was freezing, and most people who hit the water died within minutes because the different types of uh, hyperthermic shock and so on, the body just shuts down and stops functioning when, when, when the water is so cold. So the real problem was, was, was the water, was the ice, was, was, was the icy temperatures. So that, that is an additional reason to make in these cases. Even if in Chazal's time in the temperate Mediterranean you, you might live, if you fall into uh, an Atlantic winter, it was Chodesh Teves, an Atlantic winter, winter ocean, you are not going to survive if you're in the water. It, it's very, very unlikely. So that would be another reason to make ill. Vizel Khanan does not mention that. I'm not sure why. But, uh, all right. But the, the general idea is that once we find additional kulos that weren't present in the case of the Gemara, we can always say the Gemara's Khumra was Mayim Shein Lem Sof. But here we have Trey Ruby. Here we have two robes. Here we have another suffix. Maybe he never made it out of the cabin. Chazaka, suffix. Maybe he stayed in the cabin. So again, that is a second reason for being mekel. Third reason, he says, and in his, in his last reason, he says, we can have a third hetter, is as follows. He says, a while ago, he was asked about Agunas of London. There were Agunas in London. Their husbands had also uh, presumably drowned in some kind of shipwreck. And he says they found out their husbands were traveling they established the husbands were traveling to Africa, and the ship sank, and it was also Mayim Shein himself. So he was faced with a very similar question years ago, he says. In that case, he had a new hetzer. He had a milsa chadita. He had a, again, going back to his idea of tre ruby, that's just two roves. So the first rove was specific to our case, that the rove of the people in this shipwreck were dead because we only recovered, uh, we only recovered a few dozen bodies, and the rest of them are probably, and the rest of them seem to be dead. Not all cases do you have that. In some cases, maybe most of the ship, people, passengers in the ship survive. But in the, in, the case of the, in the case of the London Agunas, there was a different tray ruby. There, the Gemara talks about an Aguna. The Gemara talks about one of the obvious reasons to be makel. If, if, if I were to ask you, if somebody disappears in a shipwreck and you never hear from him again, 
What is one of the strongest arguments for presuming him dead? The fact that he never heard from him. If he's alive, he'd pick up his phone and call you. He'd, he'd go home to you. He'd come home. He would, even, even if he wants to, to stay where he is, he would let you know. He'd be reported. You'd find out about him. So the very fact that you never heard from him again itself indicates that he's probably dead. So the truth is, the Gemara itself discusses this a little bit. The Gemara talks about at least by its serve Merabanan, who are famous, who are well-known. Why can't you be so on the fact that the fact that we haven't heard about him, he's a notable character, the fact that you haven't heard from him indicates that he's dead? The Gemara says, no, it's possible that you never heard. It's possible that he uh, went under the radar, that he uh, maintained radio silence and you never heard from him again. The Gemara says that's possible. So again, it sounds like even though there's Trey Ruby, Mayim Shein Lamsof, he's probably dead because it's hard to survive in Mayim Shein Lamsof, and, he, and the fact that we haven't heard about him is also uh, tells you he's probably dead. Nevertheless, the Gemara is Machmer. Sejavitz al-Khanan, he develops an elaborate distinction, of a very careful uh, chiluk. He says, this idea of Trey Ruby, and we're not going to get into this, he develops it in a different shuva. He says, Trey Ruby, in a case where one row presents itself first, the other row doesn't present itself till later, then that's where you cannot be made. He says, in the case in the Gemara, as soon as he falls into the water, as soon as you see that the ship capsized and people are disappeared, you have one Suffolk right away, one rove, he's probably dead because he's in the water. The fact that you haven't heard from him, they didn't have electronic communications, it takes time to hear from people. You can't conclude until days or weeks later, whatever the, the time frame is, that he's probably dead. Then you have a second rove. Those two roves did not, did not uh, occur at the same time. The rove that he's dead from being in the water occurs immediately. The rove that's based on not hearing from him doesn't present itself till some time later. If the two roves, do, he, he develops in his other tshuva, if the two roves do not present themselves at the same time, then we don't combine them and it's still Oscar. However, if the two roves present themselves at the same time, then it is tray rove, and then you make him. Many posts can say that, that there is a strong rove, certainly today, with modern communications, with newspapers and records and telegraphs. He says, certainly, we would expect to hear about somebody if he turned up somewhere, if he was washed up on a beach. We would have a very strong presumption that we heard about him. It's certainly a rove. Maybe we're not selling on that by itself, but it is a rove. As we discussed earlier, we discussed uh, a while back, we discussed the, 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 we discussed Chaim, Chaim, the, the, the story of the Aguna, which was all about the, the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer of Ardun, or from somewhere else, the, the famous sheet that he was, he was Matur in Aguna, in fiction, but he was Matur in Aguna, Grada, uh, Chaim Grada, based on the, the story was that, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the rabbi was Matur in Aguna, based on the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer of Ardun, that if we don't hear from him for a long time, he's probably dead. We don't pass him like that. We don't pass him that he can be Selmech and to be Matur in Aguna based just on that. But says Yitzel Hanan, we do have the idea of Trey Ruby. We do have the idea that certainly Bismanazeh with modern with newspapers and modern communications, it is definitely a rove. And normally we're not Mekil because it's, it's, it's only one rove and we're not Selmechana. And even though we have a second rove, we have a rove of Mayim Shein Lemsof, those two roves are not Mestari. He explained earlier why, because they occur at different times. The rove of Mayim Shein Lemsof occurs immediately. The second rove of Avad Dichro, of not hearing from him, doesn't occur till later till some time passes, by which point you would expect to have heard of him, that's days, or whatever it is, that's later. Since those two roves occurred at different times, therefore it's not considered Trey Rubin, and they are not Mitzarif. However, Vitzel Hanan says, in our case, if, 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 if you didn't even hear about the, what happened to your, if they didn't even find out about the disaster, the, the sinking, until, until much later, he says, and at that time, already, once you found out about 
again, they didn't have Twitter, they didn't have instant 24-hour news cycles. If by the time the women found out that their husbands were missing, there was already enough time for the husbands to have communicated, they, they found out a month later that they were on that ship and the ship sank and, uh, and they were never heard from again. But now that it's a month later, it's already enough time that the husband could have communicated. So both Sveikos hit them at the same time. The, the first sub, as soon as they hear the news that, oh, your husband was on that ship and that ship sank, that's already a month after it happened by the time they heard about it. it never happened today like that, but that, that's what could happen in the 19th century. They didn't even find out for a month where their husband was and he was on the ship and the ship sank. By that time, there was already enough time for the husbands to have phoned home or sent a telegram or whatever it was. Therefore, both Sveikos occur at the same time. In such a case, it is Trey Ruby. So the first far of the Ritz was it's Trey Ruby because most people who fall into the water are dead and most people on this particular ship clearly died. We only recovered 30, 40 people. This is Trey Ruby for another reason. Trey Ruby because A, it's Mayim Shane himself. B, because we never heard from these people and they never reported home. That itself is a rove. And both these fakers hit at the same time. Both these roves hit at the same time. And his, for many of the women, they apparently didn't even hear their husbands were on the ship until enough time had passed for the husbands to have been able to communicate their whereabouts. Therefore, he says, this is a, uh, this is Trey Ruby at the same time, and therefore, that's a third svar. Hayotzi Lanu, the last paragraph, his bottom line is, Hayotzi Lanu, he says, in his bar, Shlosha, Anpe, Biesod, Hetra, Gunash, Yosh, Balen, Alasfina, Denitva. The men who were on the doomed voyage of the Cimbria, we have three heterim for their wives. We have the first heter, that is Trey Ruby, because most people who fall into the ocean are probably dead. And second, most people on this ship clearly died because we only found only 30, 40 survivors ever turned up. That's Trey Ruby. And it's Mayim Shalem Sof, which is only Drabanan. First Svara. Second Svara is here they were in their cabins. They were in bed at night. Presumably they were sleeping. So there's a suffix they ever got out of their cabins. There's a chazaka they were in their cabins. So even if they were in the water, it's already Mayim Shalem Sof. And there's a suffix they ever made it to the water. They might have been stuck in the cabins and died and ended up on the bottom of the ocean in the ship as the divers found. So there we have a, a, also another suffix to go with the Mayim Shain Lem Sof. The third Svara is the Trey Ruby combined with the fact that, we never, that they never called, they never, tell, they never sent a telegram. I don't think they had phones, but they never sent a telegram or a letter. They were never reported in the, in the newspapers and so on. That is, a, again, another Svara combined with Mayim Shain Lem Sof. Gives us again Trey Ruby, even though normally every Aguna, we, we don't rely on that. That's because in a normal case of Aguna, the, the, the two roves occur at different times. Immediately upon the disaster, we have one rove of Mayim Shein Lem Sof. The second rove of not communicating doesn't happen until later. In this particular case, he says, many of the women didn't find out that their husbands were, we, what happened to them until enough time had passed that they could have, that they could have uh, communicated. And therefore, both roves occurred at the same time from their perspective. And therefore, that's additional grounds for leniency. He says... That third svara only works for those women who didn't find out what happened until enough time had passed that they could have communicated. Even those who found out immediately what happened to their husband, that ship sank and that he was missing. There was not yet enough time for him to communicate by letter and telegraph and newspapers, so then you don't have Trey Ruby, but the third svara falls away. He says, I have the first two svaras. We have the first two Eterim, Trey Rove, because Mayim Shein Lam Sof is a Rove, and most people on this particular ship died, and B, maybe he never made it out of the cabin, maybe he was stuck in the cabin. We should set up, he says, a basin of three Dayanim, three Rabanim, 
You shouldn't issue a mass heter, he says. You should issue heterim for each woman equally. But again, based on these uh, two principles, each one, as long as you establish, for each husband, if it can be established that he was on the ship, then we can invoke two or three of these heterim, and we matter them. And this is, and he, he wrote this, he says, on Erev Shabbos, Tezai and Kislev, Tafresh and Aleph, that would be 1891. The date line at the beginning of the, the, beginning of the tshuva is Yom Yudalad Kislev, Tafresh and Aleph and Kovna. This one is Tezai and Kislev. I assume the first one is the date he received the letter or started writing the tshuva. The second one is the date where finished writing it, included it, Erev Shabbos, Tezai and Kislev, 1891. And that was his uh, resolution for the SS Cambria. The SS Cimbria, not, I guess, it's still a tragedy for all those who died, but at least he, at least he found a heter for the, for the wives of those who were lost. There were some Jews, and how many, there were a number of Jews, he says, a number of Jewish women who he was able to find a heter to allow them to remarry and move on with their lives after this terrible tragedy.